Welcome everyone to the second episode of Quadcast. We got Ben here, John here, Jacob here. How's everyone doing? Doing pretty well. Thanks, Jake. Doing well, Jake. Thanks for having me back. Glad to be here once again. It's a beautiful Sunday morning here in the Bend. After a couple of rainy days, glad to have some sunshine. I just want to talk through something real quick. Ben James showed up in the studio today with a Jared Goff jersey. So that's pretty good. I mean, what what are you expecting from the Rams, Ben James? I'm just hoping the Rams go back to their to their form from two years ago. I'm hoping they they play better than they did last year. And they they played better towards the end of last year, and I'm just hoping they can carry that through this year. Um, hopefully their offensive line plays a little bit better than they did last year, and overall that they're a better team. Um, although in that division, uh, in that in that division with the uh, the Seahawks, the 49ers, even the Cardinals are going to be improved. It's going to be tough for them to win this uh, to win that division and to be better throughout the throughout the season. Uh, but I think they, if they play well, they could have a shot, especially with that, um, especially with an extra team making the playoffs. There might yeah. be three teams making it from the NFC you know, to NFC West. The NFC West is stacked this year. I think it's the NFC. Insane, I think the NFC honestly. West is is probably one or two of. I think the they're best. the best division, top to bottom. In the I, I think league. either that or or the um, AFC with the Browns and the Ravens and the Steelers. Yeah. And then Chiefs, Broncos. If Broncos are surprising, then that division could be good. If, I if, the Chargers, if are the Chargers are well, the, yeah. the Chargers aren't as bad as people are making them out to say. Uh, they, they got some intriguing players on that team that they're, could win. They're them some another games. seven and nine team. And yeah, they, well, I think yeah. they they won thirteen but games I, two years ago. Yeah, they did. But I mean, obviously they lost Philip Rivers. They lost Melvin Gordon. I don't know if that's going to be a huge blow. And then. I think Derwin James is out, right? He's out for the season, out I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a tough one. ND, ND uh, faithful <laughs> Oloi Gilman is going to be taking a lot of the snaps that Derwin James would have had. Irish so. in the NFL. Irish Love to see in it. the <laughs> NFL. All right, we're coming at you. It's 11.05 right now from WVFI. You can catch us on wvfi.nd.edu, and we're also uh, have our podcast on Spotify and Anchor. So... We're going to get it started off at the top of the hour with something that's really close to my heart in the last couple of weeks. Two Fridays ago, the three of us went and we saw the new Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet. Great movie, the, uh, by the way. It was really, really good. If A little bit confusing, hard to follow, but a little bit. that's Christopher Nolan for you. And I mean, the theater experience was honestly great. I was really happy with it. They had a lot of COVID protocols. Like People couldn't sit in the row in front or behind right. you at and, all. And honestly, there were what? Maybe half a dozen other people yeah, in the theater there, there besides was like, us. There was like so. no one there. So it, it was really nice. But my uh, my complaint has nothing to do with COVID. has nothing to do with the theater atmosphere. I love going to the theater. It's that I have not. I have yet to find a theater that gives me the right amount of popcorn. Right? So this is how I go about my movie watching experience. I start and I want to eat popcorn that's buttery through the commercials. But I want it to be gone. I want to be 
finish with my popcorn by the time the movie starts so I can really pay attention to the movie. So we went to the uh, AMC in South Bend, right? I ordered a small popcorn, the smallest popcorn they had, the small popcorn. Mm-hmm. Halfway through it, I'm like, I'm I'm done with popcorn. Like you know, popcorn has diminishing marginal returns. You get to a point where it's a little too salty. Yep. You just don't want it anymore. And I, the commercials were over. And so there I was. I had half a bag of popcorn. And I had to throw it out at the end. I feel like I I don't know about you guys, but have you found a movie theater that gives you the right amount of popcorn yet? Uh, just saying myself, I'm more of a snack kind of guy Same. at the movies. I can go to the store buy popcorn if I really want popcorn. Just kind of that snacking atmosphere at the movie theaters that I enjoy. There's yeah. a huge difference between store-bought popcorn and theater popcorn, though. Like, oh, we can make that mm. difference here. What do you mean? Mm. I think I the, the popcorn that. you have at home is nice and toasty warm when it comes out. You get yeah. the nice little popping nostalgia when yeah. it comes out of the microwave. And you get to sit home, and then you, and then if you're complaining about the amount of popcorn at home, you can have as much popcorn or as little popcorn as right. you want. Honestly, half of the popcorn experience for me is like making it in the in the pot, getting to hear it like pop in the stove. I'm just That's- really surprised because for me, popcorn is associated with movie theaters. Right, the only time I really eat popcorn is when I go to a movie theater. Yeah, I get the movie theater popcorn. It's really buttery. It's really salty. It's delicious. It's got to have a little cheese sprinkled over the yeah, top. Yeah, you can get the little cheese sprinkled over the top if you want, but I only want a little bit. Like, I, I don't want a ton. Like, if they give me, like, half of the small bag, if th- pe- people I, who go to AMC, like... I think I have a solution for you, Jake. All right. All so right. Let me there, hear this. There is a kid option mm-hmm. at the theaters, which I, I don't think there's an age limit on. So there next, shouldn't Next be. time we go, it, it includes a drink, a snack. And a smaller popcorn. Okay. Smaller popcorn than the one that you got last time that you didn't like. So next time we go, I'll get the drink and the snack, and you get the popcorn. You'll have the perfect amount of popcorn. Probably each save money. That's true. It'll be, it'll be a win-win for everyone, except for the theater. No, that's but. a great idea, and then I can get myself a little bottle of water, and I'm, I'm set. I, yeah. I can watch the or, movie. Or you could have the drink. Yeah, uh, I package. Mean, I'm also a uh, sneak the snacks into the movie <laughs> kind of guy. Oh, Way yeah. to expose um, yourself on national broadcast. <laughs> we were a, talking about only legal activities <laughs> on this podcast. I'm more of a baggy jacket, <laughs> stuff some snacks in there. Ben you know, is, one, a, ben one is one a big time, bring a steak and mashed potato I, dinner yeah, into what's the theater. What's the largest amount of food that you've brought into a movie theater one time i went in high school there was a nice little rubio's next to the next to the theater went okay, in there that, that's a west coast thing you got to explain what rubio's, rubio's, rubio's is like like a, like a mexican restaurant kind of just like i would say take out casual like fast food casual a like, little like bit a better. cadoba uh chipotle uh, it's, it's a little bit more high scale than chipotle okay, okay. Okay. so so i went in there i got some tacos got some chips then mm. they gave you a little to go you just put it inside of your hoodie Throw another hoodie on top of that. So even if they check your hoodie pockets, it's underneath that one. Then you just take it in. You take the little box out. You have a little snack during the movie. I think that's the best case scenario. For have everyone. you ever got padded down going to a movie? I have actually. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I have too. Really? That's why yeah. you got to put it inside the sweater so that even if they pat you down, it, it, like the upper layer is too much clothes. The, the, they're yeah. not going to be. You know able the little like it. the pocket, uh, like on your stomach for hoodies. Yes, yeah. that's yeah, the best. They, they, they pat that down. No, they really? know about that one because mm, I tried to put like a yeah. bottle of water in there, so I didn't have to buy the seven dollar right. one there, and they caught me. They were like, "Hey, what's that?" I was like, "Uh," and they like pat, they're like. Mm, you're not supposed to bring this in here. I was like, yeah. But on. also, if you go into the theater acting like you're supposed to be there, like nothing's wrong, usually they don't say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I was a little suspicious looking. <laughs> All right. Speaking of pat-downs, 
Yesterday at the Notre Dame Duke game, we witnessed a very aggressive pat down by a couple ushers. Oh man! How'd you feel about that, Jake? Well, listen, uh, the there was a, another Notre Dame student in front of us who she she may or may not have been seen with a bottle earlier. Yeah, in the she game. she clearly had some substances that are not. Supposed to be on campus, let right. alone in the stadium. Unless you're over 21 on no, campus. No, 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 no. Oh, it was hard, it was liquor? hard liquor. Oh. Yeah. So it, it was pretty obvious. It's hard. Like, students do it a lot. But, like, it's really hard now because you got to take down the mask. You're not really stand. Like, there's not that many people around you. So right. it was really obvious. Like, John and I were just sitting down, like, watching the video board, and we both noticed it. And then the ushers noticed it. The ushers came over. And, uh... She she tried to hide it on her person, uh, and the ushers were both of you know they were both male, so it was really tough for them to. Right, I, I think they ended up taking her back into the. Yeah, I think they called over a, a woman usher yeah. so that they could help. But uh, listen, you know I'm not gonna sit here and be naive. I'm not gonna lie to the listeners. Like people do that. It's a thing that happens at Notre Dame football uh-huh. games. Any football game. Yeah, any football game. I'm sure the NFL has the same yeah. problem. Like you don't, you don't want to pay like ten bucks for a, a small bottle of beer at the Yeah, NFL and they games. don't even sell beer at Notre Dame football right, for yeah. those who are twenty one. So yeah. I, I get it. Um my biggest problem was her reaction. Uh she came back. Clearly she had been caught. She probably is gonna have to go to the Office of Community Standards, if I had to guess. And uh she she was like really with, upset. With what you have <laughs> she was she was really upset. Uh she was like she was crying, like all her friends were comforting her. And that was my problem was that like listen, you know, if you get caught, you can't get like upset at the ushers for enforcing the right. rules. Like you are blatantly violating rules. Like don't get upset at them for enforcing it. Like you weren't sneaky about it. Yeah, you got, right. you, you have to take responsibility for your actions. You have like, to realize that whatever you're doing has consequences and if you get caught then you just got to be responsible for it and move on. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if if she had shown up and her like breath was smelling, <laughs> was smelling a little bit like a banned substance, and the the usher pulled her aside, like I, that, I would understand her getting upset with. Right. But like like you had it at the gate, like you had a bottle yeah. of it, like yeah, you have to know you're gonna yeah, like, like like you, you have, have to, to plan when to... you take that risk. You can't get upset when you right. get caught. Yeah. And there's a difference. One of our <laughs> friends last week. Had another incident with Office of Community Standards. Wait, wait. I just want to preface this for the viewers, too. The Office of Community Standards this year has been really, really... Cracking down. Cracking down. I mean, understandably. Understandably. I don't, I don't have a problem with I mean, it like For there, some things. Last night, I was sitting out on Library Lawn, and there was, like, guys, like, here ambassadors, like, guys who can report you to OCS, driving through on, like, golf carts. It was, like, 1130 at night. So, mm-hmm. like, they're really, they're really trying to crack down on this. It's all for good... Reasons. You, right. They don't want another COVID outbreak. But yeah. just to preface that for the v- listeners. <clears throat> so he was one of our friends, contrary to the situation we were just talking about in the football game. One of our very polite, never does anything wrong yes, friends. Someone who wasn't really aware. He's always got clean shoes. Yeah, someone who wasn't really aware that their actions could potentially re- require OCS, as yeah. we call it here. He wandered down to the lake. Sat out on the dock, was reading a nice little philosophy book for one of his Kant, I believe. I believe it was Kant. It was Kant by the lake. Immanuel Kant. And one of these here ambassadors, I don't know if it exactly was a here ambassador or someone else from the school, pulled up on his uh, little golf cart and reported him to the Office of Community Standards. He had a hearing last week. He was just sitting by the lake. 
reading that, a book. Now, his punishment is going to be the same as someone who got belligerently drunk or broke parietals or violated the honor code. Like, just think about that. Like, like that is where we're lumping people in. Like, he went on the dock at the lake. Right. And because the university is liable, just if trying anything to find happens a peaceful for place him, to read. Yeah, I, I'm that's not sure really how I feel it. about that. That that's a it's a little harsh. I understand if he got upset about that. If he had the same reaction that the girl at the game had, that would to be understandable. That, I would understand right. that because honestly, I don't think he understood what he was like. That that risk is not evident. Yeah, it's not clearly evident that you're gonna get written up. Right. And you know, if any high level Notre Dame executives are out there listening to this. I want to provide a, a change to your OCS policy. I, I know it's, I think it's three strikes and you get expelled or something kicked out for a semester three or something strike, like that. It's, it's, it is a three strike policy yeah. contrary to what some people will have you right. think. I, I think what it should be is 10 strikes and a varying level of strikes for each punishment. So our, our friend who is reading on the dock may, may or may not have crossed some caution tape to get there gets one strike. Yeah. But... Then the the girl who brings illegal substances into the game, two, three. Yeah. Somebody who gets belligerently drunk, four. Yeah. Maybe. Honor code violation, five. Yeah. I mean, I I think honor code violations, depending on how severe they are, can actually be an instant, like really kick out. Oh, yes, wow. I, I, I think well, that, if, that is. A thing. If anyone's listening right now that is a member of the Notre Dame administration, our phone lines are open. We yeah. are a sports talk <laughs> podcast. What, However, we do you know will, what number we called Jake for that? Uh, no, it's on the WVFI website, okay, wvfi.nd.edu. Yeah. It's you got a find, phone icon. Yeah, on there, you can you can find the phone number on the website. Right. So if anyone's listening, ND administrator or anybody else, or who has anyone an who has knowledge on, on this, yeah. call us in. We'll talk about it. However, we're gonna head to sports right now because there was a football game that was right. played on <laughs> campus yesterday. So Notre Dame Fighting Irish, we beat. The Duke Blue Devils, twenty-seven to thirteen. Um, I'm not sure about you guys. I didn't feel too great about the win. Yeah, uh, I never feel great about a Notre Dame win, though. To be honest, like it was one of those weird games where I was never happy with how our team was like or how it was going. The game was going, but I also never felt like we were gonna lose. Right. It was a really weird balance. Um, I feel like you just feel like you're losing the whole game, even though you're up. It's just not a good feeling. Yeah, yeah it wasn't It wasn't a great feeling. It's, it's not very exciting. I mean, I think part of this can be attributed to... I'm almost positive they had less practice this offseason than Oh, yeah, normal. they didn't get a spring season They didn't either. get a spring so that's, season. that's pretty big. A lot of the players missed probably a couple weeks of the practice anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it can be partially attributed to rust. Duke isn't a bad team. They're probably top 50, maybe. No, they, I mean they're they're, they're a power quarterback five looks team. pretty good. Their quarterback, their quarterback was he was actually a transfer from Clemson yeah. last year. He backed up Trevor Lawrence. I think Chase Bryce. Yeah, Chase Bryce. He played pretty well last good. night too. Yeah. I mean, his receivers weren't giving him much help. No. They weren't. Uh, <laughs> I saw someone someone from Pro Football Focus, they tweeted uh I think I could walk on as Duke's three wide receiver wide receiver three. So, yeah. um so uh, let me get to some highlights from the game. Uh I was really impressed by the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys that really stood out to me, uh, Jeremiah Wusu Kormawa, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you knew coming into the season he was going to be that guy. Yeah, he was every. Uh, he had a sack. He had a stri- uh, a forced fumble, a uh, couple pl- pass deflections, PBUs, lots of tackles. He played really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one play where he like filled his run stuff gap incredibly. It was like a two yard gain for them. 
But he just like found the gap and he came in and just stuck the running back. It was yeah. awesome. That was my favorite play of his. It wasn't his flashiest play, but that was my favorite. I think Isaiah Foskey on defense played incredibly well yesterday. Yeah, he did. He did. He had a sack as well. He every time he was on the field, he didn't play like every down, but I felt like he got a lot of pressures. I didn't like I don't have the stats in front of me of the game. I don't think pressures is something that anyone besides PFF keeps. Mm-hmm. And they haven't posted those yet for non-subscribers. So once those come out, I'll get a better understanding of it. But I felt like he had a lot of pressures. Yeah. Now, I, I forget. I know Kyle Hamilton. He was playing really well in the first half. He went down with an injury. Did Do we know the follow-up on that? Or? The, from what has been reported from The Athletic, it seems that it's a ankle sprain. Uh, the severity isn't really known yet. Yeah. Uh, All right, that that's good to hear. Yeah, I there's mean, nothing. There's nothing you, we know about whether or not he'll play this week. Yeah. However, we are playing USF this right. week. Right. It 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 looked like it could have been worse. Just, yeah. Just from watching the replay on the big screen. So if it's an ankle sprain, hope he gets well soon. He was a big part of our. Defense yeah. He was imposing half. himself yeah. on the other team's offense. I think he had our first, first three half. or four tackles of the game. Yeah. That that was, and he missed like a couple of interceptions by like a fingernail. Yeah. Like, it was. And I think really it, I think it's also better that it's an ankle injury because originally I think people were worried. You get worried when it's a knee injury. Yeah, when, whenever when somebody lands leg, on your leg like that, it's always a. Dangerous I think ankle injury. injuries are a lot better. I mean, no injuries are good, but it's a lot better to have than a knee injury, right, which yeah. put, which could potentially put you out for the it year. It could be a season-ending one. Um, yeah. Ankle injury, maybe a game, maybe tape it up, play even, through even it. Even if it's a couple weeks, I mean, if it's a high grade ankle sprain, it could be up to a month. I think they said it was a low grade. A low grade, good. So going back to that and kind of what we were saying earlier with the the young girl in the stands, I think that there was a pretty good atmosphere for only, I think the attendance was, so there was 10,097 people in the 77,000-seat stadium. And yeah. I think it was pretty loud. It was a pretty good atmosphere. It was a good for, atmosphere, yeah. For, for Notre Dame football were game. They, were they pumping in crowd noise? I couldn't tell. I don't, I don't, I don't believe they were. I think that was just yeah. the students. They, and, and They might the, have been pumping it in on the broadcast. Not sure about that. By in the stadium, it didn't were. sound like they were pumping no, it in in the stadium. Were. Everything that was all the sound that was originating was from the students. Yeah, like I clearly remember at the end of the first half, uh, when Kyron Williams had that really long screen pass that yeah. he almost broke for a touchdown, and like then, it got really loud. Yeah, like it felt like a normal, almost like a normal atmosphere. Kyron Williams, I think he's my new favorite player on the team. He played he really played well, really, he well did play yesterday. really well. Yeah, he, uh, he, he definitely like. I, I was, I'll be honest, I was a little concerned coming into the season when I saw he was the number one because he didn't get that many looks last year. Mm. Like, he barely, like, I think, like, total in the season, he had like 60 yards. I mean, not because. A lot more than that today. Yeah, yeah. Or yesterday. Not, not because he didn't play well, or like, didn't play well because he didn't get many touches. So right. I was a little worried when he came out as the number one, but he proved himself yesterday. Yeah, I mean, for sure. he, yeah, he, he ran for 112 yards, two touchdowns, and added another 93 yards in the air, yeah. including a 75 yard. Uh, it's a 200 scrimmage yard game. Yeah, as a as a starting debut. If uh, if fantasy was a thing for college football, Kyron Williams would have been the second highest scoring player yesterday behind Sam Ellinger. So keep that in mind. I mean, that's that's <laughs> how well that's how well he played yesterday. Higher than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, really? higher than Trevor Lawrence. Wow. Yep. Impressive. Mm. Glad to have him on our team. Yeah. So um let's talk to the let's get to the elephant in the room here though about the performance yesterday. The quarterback play was not something to write home about, let's say. I think it was all right. 
I felt it was solid. I felt it was rusty. It was rusty. There were there were some passes that could have been caught. I couldn't tell if it was rust from like you mentioned earlier, John, a long off season with not many practices, or if it was rusty as in Hey, the court, the, the passing game just isn't working for us this year. I know it's all it's a lot of new receivers. Right, we lost Claypool. Book was really leaning on his tight ends. Uh, yeah. Tommy Tremble and Michael Meyer, the freshman, he, he played looks really good, well. Yeah. I'm, I was a little disappointed to see Skronik not show up very much. He he got hurt actually Did he get at hurt? halftime. Oh. He had a hamstring, mm. so he didn't play the rest of the game. Yeah, uh, I I think that that. Book will get better throughout the season. I'm hoping that he gets better throughout the season. And I think you can attribute that to the lack of chemistry, maybe, between the receivers yeah, and him. Yeah, they didn't have much time to practice. Yeah, I, I just, <clears throat> I don't know. The, the There was there was some times during the game where the offense looked like it really had its stuff together. And then there were some times where they really looked discombobulated. The, the first quarter in particular. Yeah. I, I don't think we got a first down until the second quarter. We, we didn't. So. Um, my biggest thing with Book was that I, I thought a lot of his throws <laughs> were high. Um, mm. th- in the first half, uh, your guy, the Northwestern Skronik, was open on like it was like a post route, uh, mm. and uh, didn't hit him. Yeah, he overthrew yeah. him and went into the sidelines. Oh, uh, corner route, he overthrew him, went into the sidelines. Um, the interception he threw in the goal in the red zone. Yeah, that w- that was probably the worst play of the game. Yeah, he in over- terms of we had all the momentum going our way from that long screen pass, and then it was just like. I yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't really think Tremble was open. He might have been. Uh, I didn't think so. Uh, I'm not a starting Division One quarterback. <laughs> uh, but the throw was definitely high. No two ways about it. Right. And he also overthrew on the other uh, interception he had, which didn't count because it got called back because of offsides. He overthrew Lawrence Keyes on that pass too. I I, I don't was mind that. I mean, well, I, I like I, taking shots he, downfield. He on also offsides. overthrew. He overthrew Lawrence Keyes. Later on, a play action pass in the third quarter. And I think if you're a quarterback, you're, where you want to miss is not sailing a throw. Yeah, really. that's what I'm saying. Where, I would disagree. That's where interceptions occur. Yeah, you get especially more, if, if you're throwing it to a guy really far downfield where there's no safety behind okay, him. Okay, I then, could understand that. But if you're throwing, but he was in a over. Flat, he was overthrowing like f- throws across the middle of the field. That is not where you want to be throwing, especially once you move on to the next level. The cornerbacks, if he moves on to the NFL, are going to be much better. And they're gonna they're gonna intercept those passes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just felt like the quarterback play and the passing game in general left a lot to be desired. Um, we'll see. USF is another is a great opportunity to really tune yeah. up the offense. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping going. for a fifty piece against USF. I'm really hoping <laughs> for a fifty burger. Uh, the running game, I feel pretty good about. I don't love when we're play calling the run. Uh, I am a little bit more new school in that I don't think we should be running on first and second down. Um, I actually, it would have been nice to see some passing plays called there. I was a little disappointed that we opened the game up with a inside zone play. Mm. Uh, I would have loved to see flea flicker, a play action. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like every year, every game, Notre Dame opens up running the ball, yep. right? Which is fine. That's our identity. Uh, but Ian Book is a third-year starter, right? Mm-hmm. He's grad student quarterback. He's the leader of the team. He's the captain. He has the most wins in Notre Dame history, right? Yeah. He, really? He's the mm-hmm. best winning percentage or something like that. I, you just got to tr- trust him on the first play of the game, right? Yeah. yeah. Just just take a pass. Like, just kind of scare Duke. Even if you miss, 
it, you scare them. Your their defense widens out. I don't know. I I didn't love the the run first approach. Uh, the whole game. I I just I I don't love two yard run on first down, two yard run on second down, third and six. You gotta have it. Like right. that, I just don't. That's not a way to sustain drives. No. Um, I I think my favorite play of the game though, going off your I guess conservative play calling was the fake punt. Oh yeah, that was, that was amazing. awesome. That was awesome. I, I was definitely not expecting that from I will our, say, our we, play callers. It was interesting. We went for that fake punt. It was like fourth and eight on our, our eleven, right? Yeah, yeah, or our yeah, our own side of the field, right where they won't expect it. And then it was fourth and four on their forty-five, right? And we didn't go for <laughs> yeah. it, and we punted. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, jeez, like. I am of the strong, strong opinion that if you are over the midfield line on offense, you should not be punting the ball. You should be going for that, yeah. especially as, in long as, it, as long as it's not like a fourth and. It's got to be manageable. More than ten. What do you mean? If it's if it's fourth and twelve, and you're you, like if you're snapping from the forty-five and it's fourth and twelve, so the first down mm. is like what the thirty-three. Yeah, go for it. Why not? Like, what's gonna happen? Worst pin case pin scenario. Deep. You, yeah, you pin them deep, or you might touch back, and then they end up at the 20-yard line, which is like you netted 25 yards there. And, like, college kickers aren't going to be kicking 40, 50-yard field goals. Like That's they're just true. Not. Uh, John Doerr hit a 48-yarder yesterday. He's an exception. <laughs> I mean, like, did you watch the Texas State kicker I did, yesterday? I did not, no. Oh, geez. He, I was, mean, I he would, was struggling. I would hope Notre Dame would have a better kicker than Texas State. Right, so moving on from that a little bit, where do you think that puts Notre Dame in these next AP rankings? I know the SEC doesn't kick off for two more weeks. Yeah, only the ACC and uh, and the Big Twelve played yesterday. So where do you think you put Notre Dame, or how do you adjust the rankings after this week? Because I'm assuming they're going to update the AP poll after uh, this week. Yeah, they will. Uh, Honestly, I th- I see the I see Notre Dame staying around where they are. Like, it wasn't a resounding victory, but it was a victory. I mean, so. looking at it right now, there are three teams in Oregon, Penn State, and Ohio State that are not playing this year that are currently ranked above them, as I, well as several SEC teams that haven't played yet. So do you think those teams that are not playing this year fall out of the top 10? The uh, the three teams, Oregon, Penn State, and Ohio State, will fall out. The SEC teams will probably stay there. So yeah. I think I, I disagree with you a little bit, John. I think Notre Dame will move up in the rankings, but not because of how good yeah. their win was only because the other teams right, are going to yeah, fall out. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think anyone jumps them this week, but I don't think Notre no. Dame jumps anyone else. Right. So you think no, we I move mean, to around like the seven? Yeah. Yeah. N- nobody else below Notre Dame in the rankings had like an amazing victory. No, they... I mean, Iowa State twenty ranked 23rd, yikes. lost to Louisiana, yeah. I think. They just haven't recovered from the Camping World Bowl. No, that's they haven't. Ca- <laughs> that's that Camping World Bowl loss hangover. Yeah. The dreaded. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I, I didn't see anyone uh, below us in the rankings that really uh, looked so good to warrant them jumping us. Right. Uh, I'd expect UNC to jump up a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think they're going to be a little <laughs> bit of a surprise team this year. We were talking about this last week on the—I think it was last week on the podcast, Jake. We yeah, were, we were watching a little good. bit of the first half of that game. They didn't look great in the first half, but I guess they put it together. The and they were also half. playing Syracuse. It's not the— Best football team. Yeah, but I mean, if you judged our team based on our first half of the season, you wouldn't think we were a great team either. Yeah, well, it was (laughs) seven six at halftime. Ten six, ten six. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the only the only team that I think makes a huge jump this week is UNC, Um, because they were kind of a question mark. I think they were ranked eighteen. Maybe they're top. I think they're they're ranked eighteen. Yeah, I think they're top fifteen now. 
Yeah. I well, mean, there, there's some other teams, teams dropping out. Yeah. And there's there's there, there's yeah. uh Wisconsin, Michigan, and USC that are ranked above them that are also not playing this yeah. year. Right. I wouldn't be surprised to see Pitt land in the rankings this year too, mm-hmm. after they walloped whoever they were playing. It got so bad that they didn't play fifteen minute quarters in the second half they played 10 minute quarters are you, are you serious? serious yeah i kid what? you not it they, was, they, yeah they beat austin pay thir- 55 to zero yeah is that a, is that like a rule they, for just this year no the the teams mutually agreed to it yeah that's weird yeah what? yeah yeah that's got to be one check, of the first check Pitt's Twitter page. Austin pay. yeah yikes <laughs> So moving on from college football, let's talk about NBA playoffs here. Wait, sorry, Ben. Can one I just, more thing. Yeah, I, go I ahead. just want one more thing about college football. Seamless think, transition, though, Ben. <laughs> we we have to interrupt or we have to reevaluate how we rank teams this year. Because if you're 25, 24, 23, like that would normally not be in the rankings because of because we have so many teams that aren't there. So like top ten means something a little different this year. Like Notre Dame being top ten. Honestly, I would love to see us be top five for the majority of this season. Because with all the all the Big Ten and Pac-12 teams out, you have a lot of openings up there. If you no, I agree. If you I aren't agree. in the top five for like the last half of the season, I think it's very unlikely you're going to make the playoff. No, I agree with you. And John. part of that revolves around beating Clemson. Yeah, but. the the Clemson <laughs> it stinks because we only have right now we only have two ranked games on right. the schedule. And, and North Carolina, Clemson. North Carolina is kind of a coin toss. They may or may not be ranked. By yeah, the time we yeah. Them. So, I think they will be. I, I think they will be too. Um, yeah, I agree with you. the The top five designation is way more important this year than it has been in years past. I might go as far as saying the old top ten is the new top five. I would agree with that. Like, I mean, I, I think top ten is still pretty valuable this year. I think though, like. I mean, it's valuable in terms of you'll make a New Year's Six Bowl, yeah. but it's not valuable in terms I think of top you, seven, you have an inside track to the college top, football playoff. Top seven, I would say, are the guys that you're looking at for college football playoff uh, rankings. Because, like, Notre Dame and Clemson might not be both top five. There might be a couple of SEC teams up there. So, like, if yeah. Notre Dame was, like, six most of the season, um, and then they'd obviously have to beat Clemson. Right. That, but that would be fine. Like, they would still be... In contention for the playoff. Yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about the the way the schedule shaped out. Like, our odds of making the football playoff really only depend on the Clemson game. If we lose the Clemson game, I highly doubt we make the. Playoff. I mean, but you could say that for the SEC as well. Like, not necessarily mm, true though. If you have one loss in the SEC, that that means you beat a lot of other good teams too. If we have one loss to Clemson, like, who else yeah, but did then, we beat? But then like we're North gonna, Carolina. Yeah, we're going to okay. be in the ACC championship, and then if you lose to them again, then you're not going to make it. Right. I guess we get two. Hopefully, we get two cracks at them. As long as we don't lose a, a game that we shouldn't lose. And yeah. Jake, Jake and I were talking about this last night. Let's <laughs> say Notre Dame loses a Clemson one time, then in the championship, or vice versa, they beat Clemson. So they're both one loss team, and they both had beaten each other twice or beaten each other once. Who do you put in it? I mean, point? I think it kind of depends on who else in the country is looking like a playoff team. But I think with the interconference play, I think we're going to see more of the SEC and maybe Big 12 teams come in with two, three losses by the end of the season just because they're like playing other, they're gonna more beat up, other They're going to beat up teams. on each other, yeah. yeah. I, I think if they both go in with one loss, I wouldn't be surprised to see them both make the playoffs. And I feel like the person you have to put in of that is the ACC champion. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this year, because of the interconference play, you have to put in the champions. Yep. Of, of each ACC, conference. SEC, Big 12. Yeah. They have to be in. And I think the Big 12 will probably only get one team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really. <laughs> one of those no three. No one really makes me 
scared. One of those three conferences. Oklahoma well. looks pretty good yesterday. Yeah, besides Oklahoma, I was the, you didn't let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think Oklahoma. I think the extra team because there's four teams in college football plays. Mm-hmm. One of those teams that are going to come from the ACC or the SEC. The extra team is not going to come from the Big Twelve. Yeah, I, honestly, like probably the SEC. If we're being totally that's, that's honest, that's what Jake but, and I were talking about last night. Yeah. But we'll I, see what happens. I, I really hope Notre Dame. If they win against Clemson once, I really hope it's the championship game. Speaking of championships, the NBA championship. Oh, that was a good transition. That was. I'll, <laughs> I have to take some notes from Jake over here. He's, <laughs> He's had some more experience <laughs> in the broadcasting booth. We got we got the Eastern Conference Final matchup: Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics. Very interesting matchup. The the first time ever that a one. Or two seed are not in the Eastern Conference Finals. In the Western Conference Finals, we have the Los Angeles Lakers, led by Anthony Davis and LeBron James. LeBron You're James just a and LeBron, Anthony Davis. You're a LeBron James hater, yes. Jake. Led by Anthony Davis versus the winner of the Clippers or the Nuggets. So it's basically going to be Lakers Clippers. Nuggets could Nuggets I, I, could no. surprise. Some I think people. I think the I think the Clippers will probably I'll win. Risk, yeah, I'll today. risk the freezing cold takes. A retweet to say that <laughs> it's going to be Lakers Clippers. I I think the Nuggets have about a five to ten percent chance of winning. Okay, I'll give you that. I think the I'll Nuggets. I think the Nuggets need uh, an injury. Honestly, all or the, or just like all they pandemic P. All they need back. is Jamal Murray and Jokic to both go off in the same game, and Kawhi to not like go insane two games in a row. Yeah, which, which is which, a lot which to is, ask. I would put those odds around five to. 10%. It's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask, but. They do have momentum coming in. Let's not rehash the momentum debate. Ben, what do you think about the uh, Celtics Heat or the Celtics Heat matchup? I think that's a, that's a really interesting matchup, and I think it's a good thing for basketball yeah. because neither of those teams are super teams in, right. in per se. You have guys that you drafted, you have guys that you've developed in the system, and then you bring in a guy for like the for the Heat, like Jimmy Butler, or you bring in a guy like Kemble Walker, who are not the superstar level that Anthony Davis or Kawhi was but you bring them in your teams a lot better and I think it's as a fan it's much more enjoyable to watch that than a super team per se and I think that's good a good thing for basketball yeah I totally agree with you I I'm a big fan of summer transactions paying off in the postseason and both those teams as you said had their their biggest summer acquisition pay off I'm. I love both watching both the Heat and the Celtics play. I'm really excited for the series. Jacob, I know you. You had an internship with a radio station in Vermont. Yes, and you became a big Celtics fan. I spent my summer interning for a station in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, but it mostly Boston sports 101 affiliated. One hundred and three. The game. The game. Love it. Shout out to Brady Farkas. Um. So. During that time, I got to listen to a lot of Falk Sports Radio and Colin Coward. I tell you what, he was really hammering the Celtics. And in general, I'm like, Colin Coward, come on, man. Like, sometimes you, you got spicy takes. Like, you, you're kind of in it for the sizzle. There's not a lot of meat behind what you're saying. Then I really looked into it. And pardon my language, but damn, do the Celtics have a good team. <laughs> they are deep. I they mean, deep. also, I. It's hard not to like the Celtics. It I is think. hard. Kemba is a really likable guy. Yep. Hard to root against him. Jason Tatum, I've liked him ever since he was at Duke. He plays the game in a different way that's a little fun. I, I don't know what it is. He's just a different player. I like it. Jalen Brown, I mean. Jalen Brown is hard to dislike. He's really hard to you know, dislike. My favorite underrated, actually, 
I'm going to choose two underrated players on the Celtics who I really like. Marcus Smart, amazing defender, almost had a triple-double in Game 6. I think it would have been the first of his career. He's the heart of the Celtics team. I know Kemba is like a great leader, much better than Kyrie for the Celtics. I don't want to hit on Kyrie too much. But Kemba, Kemba Walker was the perfect thing for the Celtics this offseason. But then Marcus Smart and Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice, incredibly underrated. He plays center. He's a little undersized, but he has, he has amazing heart. I think Marcus Smart is a definition of a glue guy on the team. Yes. Yes. 100%. Marcus Smart is a glue guy. And I think I think the Celtics are probably going to come out of that series. Uh, I really think the Celtics are going to come out of the series. Yeah. I think that the Heat, first of all, the Heat have a lot of ex-Celtics players on their team, uh, such as Kelly Olynyk, and yeah. uh, is Jay Crowder on that team too? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, th- so you you already know that Brad Stevens is going to get in their heads. Yeah. He knows what makes them tick. He knows what they're not good at. So Brad Stevens will find a way to exploit that. Also, I think that. The Heat rely a little too much, and I know that the playoff game against the Bucks didn't uh, show this, but I think that when you come up against really good teams that are deep, the Heat are going to turn to Jimmy Butler and Bam to carry the offense, and I just think the Celtics have like too good of a defense that you you got to be able to score from all positions you gotta, you gotta on the floor. Because the, the, you the, the ball Celtics around. will be scoring from all positions on right. the floor. You know, I I disagree with you a little bit there. I mean, the Heat. I think the Heat may have a deeper team in terms of like number of players who I wouldn't who could be on the floor to close a game. I think they have a deeper team than the Celtics. But also the Heat, I think their playoff series against the Bucks portrayed them a little too good just because they were a perfect counter to the Bucks. Also, the Bucks they didn't look like their regular season selves, honestly, for the entire bubble experience. Mm-hmm. They never really found their regular season footing again. Yeah, I think but, the Bucks might have been hurt most by the bubble. Yeah, I, I see the Celtics winning in six, maybe seven. The Heat, I, I've learned this postseason to not underestimate the Heat. And the Heat are very well coached. People forget that Eric Spolster yeah. has been there for a long time. Right. And they've only lost one game in these playoffs. Yeah, I think they're the, they're the hottest team. But also, for sure. we were kind of touching on this last week. They haven't played in a long time now. Right. They're gonna. Yeah. That's their longest break in throughout this entire bubble, even longer than when they protested for a couple of games. Yeah. And I think that's gonna harm them because if they could just go and play two days after that, I feel like they probably would have liked right. to do that. I, th- I think especially a team like the Heat. You said they were the hottest team right now. They benefit a lot off of playing every other day, bringing their momentum from the last game into the next game, especially because they've won almost every game they've played. So does that series start tomorrow then? Or, yeah, that's a I good question. So, yeah. How does that work? I'm actually. Oh, not so positive. I just looked it up right now. So the the series starts on Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. So they're gonna let the Western Conference Finals. They'll let be the decided. Western Conference yeah. Finals, uh, which end. makes sense because yeah. then then whoever if it was a sweep, say, and then the Western Conference Finals went to seven games, they'd be resting for like two weeks. Yeah, in which would those. be an unfair advantage for someone, right? Um, not sure who. Going to the Western Conference Finals now. What are you looking for, John? I, I mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious what we're looking for. It's LeBron and AD versus Paul George and Kawhi. The Lakers definitely have less depth than the Clippers, so LeBron and AD are going to have to be better than Kawhi and Paul George. If they're not better, they have no chance. But honestly, I think LeBron has enough in him to pull out the win. I think they're, that series is going to go at least six. I think that's yeah. going to go seven. I, I would be very surprised if it didn't go six. And I, I think it 
it kind of points back. I think we were talking about this last week, the home field advantage, like home court advantage. They're both from L.A. Like, they know each other. They play each other throughout the regular season so yeah. many times. I think it's just whoever comes down to taking that last shot in the last game, whoever makes it. The the Clippers are lucky that it is not a uh, normal normal postseason yeah. because they would be the away team for all seven games, right. <laughs> which would be a terrible look for them and which would undoubtedly affect the way they play. Yeah. However, however, it's I really, not normal. It's not normal, and I really think that the the Lakers. Let's be honest. The Lakers have played better in the bubble than the Clippers have. But the Clippers kind of have the Lakers number. That's true. Over the regular season, the Clippers beat the Lakers pretty handily a couple of times. Though the Lakers beat the Clippers in the first game in the bubble. Yes. Something that is to remember. True. That is true. The, I think the Clippers match up better against the Lakers than the Lakers do against the Clippers. Yeah. To be honest. Especially without Avery Bradley. Because he would have been key in defending Kawhi. Or Paul George. Whoever was hotter at the, at the time. The the Lakers honestly right now, like who is gonna guard Kawhi and Paul George? Like you got Kyle Kuzma. Don't feel great about LeBron, that. LeBron LeBron will guard one of them, and then LeBron will guard. But LeBron's one of them. not a like. He's a he's a solid defender. But he's not a plus defender. Like LeBron makes flashy defensive plays, but I feel like. I think if he locks himself in, in for a yeah, series, yeah. I think he'll be a That's plus fair. defender. But he I feel like he won't possession be like, in possession out. He's not like I mean Kawhi. Doesn't make as many flashy plays as LeBron. Like LeBron will have better blocks. Than I mean, Kawhi. Kawhi did what LeBron did this season. Also, he wasn't like an amazing defender just because he didn't apply himself. He didn't put 100 percent effort in every game because he didn't need to. Neither of those teams did. But this series, they both need to. But then who I, are, who are you gonna put on the other guy? I guess you got Alex Caruso. <laughs> hey, he had a nice block last night <laughs> he's, though. Yeah, he's a he's a solid defender. Sneaky athletic. Sneaky athletic. I guess you're going to have mean, to put like a Kyle Kuzma or a... Yeah. You're not going to put Danny Green on one of those guys. You could put Danny Green. You could try that out. He'll be uh, mismatched in size. But he's, he's a pretty good defender. He made some all-defensive teams with the Spurs. Ooh. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a good take, John. I know I know he's old, but he's still maybe he's still got some left in the tank. They would really benefit from having Avery Bradley, though. That was, so that so was you, have the La- you have the Lakers in seven? I, I do have the Lakers winning. I think our friend Gordy is not going to like hearing that. <laughs> Especially, he calls, I, I think you would. He I calls, think you would predict. He that, calls John that. a Lakers sympathizer. <laughs> Do you know what Gordy will love to hear, though? Mm. The Fox NFL theme song. I don't know why it's so quiet. I got the laptop running all the way up. The NFL, it's back today. That was the transition, Ben well, James. It was back notes. Thursday. It was back Thursday. Um. Do you want to you want to start with a Thursday game? We got 15 minutes, yeah. so you want to start with a Thursday game and then get to whatever we can yeah. on today's slate. You All know, right. Thursday game, Chiefs Texans. It was a it was a fun one to watch. We had some pregame ceremonies. Yeah, I probably was, not the right word, but we had some pregame displays of against the racial injustice in the U.S. Loved them. Thought they were really good. I thought they were really good. Yeah, I think. I'm, I mean, we're obviously going to see more of that today. I, I, didn't ha- I didn't love the Kansas City fans booing the players yeah, when that's they a had bad, their moment. That, that's, that's a bad look. look. That's a bad look. It's a very bad look. Chiefs. Honestly, like, it, it's a bad look, but 
I don't think it was like a huge amount of people. Booze mm. carry pretty loudly on TV, especially with like, less people in the stands. But I, I just th- there was also a big cheer after they did it. The yeah. cheering the, the was definitely cheer was louder, way than, louder the booze. than the booze. So, so if you're if yeah. you're booing and that's like your why teams, are you even there? Support right, your exactly. players. Like, why yeah. are you even there? Just yeah. leave. Don't buy tickets. Yeah. Don't buy tickets if you're gonna boo. Right. Jeez. Oh, so going back to that game, Chiefs won thirty-four to twenty. Yeah. I think it, it, towards the end of the game. Probably scored a Chiefs or the Texans scored an extra touchdown. Yeah, it, uh, it wasn't as close of a game as the score would indicate. We Chiefs from the first quarter, we knew the Chiefs were going to win. Chiefs yeah. took off right where they left off last year. Maybe a little bit rusty on on the offense, Just but a little bit. they exploded once again. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that game? I think the biggest thing that showed out for me from the Chiefs' perspective: first round draft pick Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Jacob rolling his eyes over there. But you know what? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire really unlocks this Kansas City offense. I mean, it was unlocked last year, obviously. They won the Super Bowl. They were one of the, I think, the best offensive team in the league last the year. The best maybe, offensive team in the league. Maybe minus the Ravens. The and Pat Ravens. Mahomes missed four games, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he did miss. Or three games. Or three, yeah, three or four games. But I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he may not, I think he adds a little bit to the offense in the fact that it allows them to gain more yards on the ground than they were before, and that, in turn, unlocks the passing game. They they had basically little to no run game right. last they, year. They had Damian Williams. Oh, yeah, he was, they looked terrible. Oh, man, how did they win the Super no, Bowl without a running game? No, but I'm saying is that game? if you add a running game on top of that explosive you passing game. You take the game, ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands. That's what you do that's when you add thing. a running game. It's that's not a good thing. thing. Yes, it, it is. is. objectively not it a good is. thing. You should... Why would you Pat ever? Pat Mahomes cannot pass the ball every single down. But One, it prevents injury risk. Two, it gives him another receiving option. I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire didn't have any receptions in the first game. I'm not really sure why. I agree with but, you on that, Ed, that it's a good reception receiving option. Yeah. My problem is this. You spend a first-round draft pick on this guy. Who Pat Mahomes specifically said, get me Clyde. That, there's a reason that, Pat that, Mahomes, that was a direct quote. There's a reason Pat Mahomes plays QB and not GM. The GM should know the, what happened. This is what happens when you draft a running back in the first round. You draft the running back and you feel the need to give him the ball. You feel the need to justify the pick. Did it not work? It worked fine against the Texans, but their EPA was down from the height they had last year per play. Run, in general, running plays have less EPA than passing plays. That's true. Pat Mahomes had way a- less passing yards. Than he usually does, which is is going to work fine against the Texans because the Texans aren't a great team. But it's not going to work against the Ravens. It's not going to work against the Patriots defense, which stops the run at an amazing level. I, I disagree. I mean, I think Andy Reid is smart enough that if he's playing against the Patriots and goes out in the first quarter, Clyde is averaging two yards a carry. He's going to know, okay, we're not going to run on first and second down now. But if he goes out like Thursday and... Hilaire's gaining first downs on every f- first and second down, then, like, why change it? Because you're possessing the you, ball, you you're keeping just, the opposing you offense paid, off of the field, and you're moving down the field, you just scoring paid, more points. You just paid Pat Mahomes half a billion dollars to be your quarterback of the future. Yeah. Let him play. And what same, did you pay? Like, it's, the same problem, I, I they, it's the same problem that's happening in Seattle with Russell Wilson, is that Pete Carroll thinks that he needs to run the ball. He needs to no, establish the run. Totally that's different establish- no, it's a totally different not. scenario. It's the yes. same scenario. No, it's, okay. it's the same scenario. You, this is how it starts. You, you hit- draft a running back. You think, oh, we have to establish the run, which you don't have to establish the run. You don't have to establish the run to establish play action. Can I, can I say something? You don't have to establish the run to 
be able to pass. Let, it's just like a let misconception. Me respond, let me respond it's some to that. Old real quick, geezers take. sitting in their you know swirly chairs drinking cognac and okay. smoking a cigar who are like, you I said, wanna establish the run. You said Mahomes is the quarterback of the future. Yes. Future is a key word. You can't have Patrick Mahomes dropping back and passing fifty times every game. You, I That's, don't want him passing it's fifty not times. Work. You're gonna I don't hurt want him. But I, Just I like don't want him passing. Last year. They have him under contract for the next twelve years. If you can take away some of his passes and ensure that you still win with a solid running game and keep him healthy, but I, I, that's definitely my, worth a my first point round is, pick. My point is, I, it's not that I want him passing 50 times a game, but it's that I don't want him passing 25 times a game. I don't want him in, if that's what's I don't working, want if him that's what helps you win the game, that's perfect. The, but it's not. It makes your offense worse. Objectively, it makes your offense worse. Can I butt in here? Can I butt in here? I have a lot of points to talk about. Go for it, Ben. I agree with John in a, in a certain sense. You paid Patrick Mahomes half a billion dollars to one be the face of your franchise, two to win you games. However, that may be at quarterback, whether he's passing fifty times a game or whether Clyde gets a hundred uh, yards on the ground, he's winning you games. He's going to get right. you to the Super Bowl. But that's the, but he's staying healthy. No, here's my other point. Here's my other point. Last year they were very explosive. No one could really stop them. Right? They played really well with that explosive passing game. Everyone has a year of film on that. Everyone's going to be coming out and doing that. If you give them slightly a different look, you have another weapon in your arsenal. You can't tell me that doesn't help right. them win. They had Jake. a year of film of explosive offense the year before that. So I mean, that I, honestly, I don't tough. think watching film on the Chiefs is going to help defenses yeah, like, that much. What do you? But, how do you? How do you ben scheme right. against ben blazing right. speed? You have another. You have another weapon who's also right. blazing speed. Exactly. He's a shifty back. You see him. Put people on ice skates yesterday or he, Thursday. He puts people on ice skates I, and he against, plows through them. It's nothing against Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think he's the perfect back for the Chiefs. My problem is how much they're using him. You have Pat Mahomes. Your offense is worse. You're than going he, off of one game. Your offense, of data, though. I don't think that's but, fair but, to say. Oh, they're using him too much already. Like I think Pat Mahomes game. would well, disagree with you, Jake. I, have, I mean, this is this is sports talk radio, John. You 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 go off small sample sizes and you take hot takes. My my take is that from the one game that I've seen where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been on the Chiefs, they used him way too much. They took the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands, which is bad for the Chiefs in the long run. I think it's good for the Chiefs in the long run. The long run being keeping him healthy, healthy enough to win eight Super Bowls. Okay, so again, I'll point you to Seattle and Russell Wilson. I'll point you and to Pete the fact Carroll. that Seattle is much different than Kansas City. How? How? In what ways? Russell Wilson is not Patrick Mahomes. He's. He has been near the level Pat Mahomes Listen, has been. He was never at the level that Patrick Mahomes is at Listen, last Jake, year. Before. I will give never. you I will give you that wow. point that Pete Carroll has not allowed Russell Wilson to, to be cook. the quarterback. Let Russ yes, cook. he hasn't allowed him to cook. That does not mean that you shouldn't still have a dominant run game. I think Why? I think, why do you need a run game? I think you why you need a run You're game. You're looking at it so because one dimensionally. That, that Super Bowl when they passed is still in Pete Carroll's freaking head. He should have ran the ball, and I think that continues to be with him, and that continues to be with all the NFL. At the end of a game, you're going to want your running back to run in, power through into the end zone, or you're going to want to risk a throw just because you're a quarterback that you paid half a billion dollars to. It's not risking I, I a throw. I want to make one connection here. Throw. Okay, but most Jacob, seven-yard passes don't end up in interception. Jacob, you're saying that they, since they're passing him works so well, that one dimension of their offense works so well, they should do it every. Play. No, that's not what you, I'm saying. Stop. That now, is not what I'm saying. Comparing You're that to the NBA, what I'm saying. the Rockets say, oh, we shoot threes and get layups. Those get a lot of points. How well have they been doing? 
It, it, Not well. That's apples and oranges. It's apples and oranges. That is apples, apples and oranges. Apples and oranges, John. Apples and oranges. That is, that is apples and apples. No, it's a apples and oranges. One dimension of your offense is working really well. You focus on I'm that. Not saying, you ignore every other aspect of your offense. But it's not that the and you Chiefs. Do well. It's not that the Chiefs had a poor run game last year. The Chiefs had a fine run game last year. Damian Williams opts out this year. Whatever. You didn't know that when you drafted Clyde Edwards. I'm sure that Damian Williams had a couple games of 20 carries last year. I didn't see anybody saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes isn't passing enough. Like, that, my <laughs> point is not that I, I, my point is that last year you had the best offense in the NFL. You signed, and they will again this year because of Pat Mahomes, first and foremost. Uh-huh. You signed Pat Mahomes to a half a billion dollar contract for 12 years. Then you draft a running back in the first round. Mm-hmm. And you, when you draft that running back in the first round, you have to justify the first round pick by giving him touches. Mm-hmm. You're taking the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands. Who? And you're not doing it naturally. You're not doing it naturally. You're doing it unnaturally. Okay. You're force feeding Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Jake. And you're not just. Jake, who would you rather it... who would you rather have them have drafted instead of him? Uh probably Xavier McKinney, probably to shore up their secondary. Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen uh, was he available? He might not have been there. Yeah. Um there was definitely some players that they could have got there that might have been a little bit better T. Higgins. than. Yeah, they could have got T. Higgins. They could have short up their offense or their like offense. Um, I'm trying to think of defensive players that were there because they don't have a great defensive. I mean, their defense is obviously defense their is weakness. Fun. Their run, yeah, that's their, what I their mean. pass defense is is really good. Their run defense is one of the bottom in the league, probably for yeah. a, for a top team. But John, what were you going to say? I mean, also. Their defense is their weakness. Running the ball helps their defense stay off the field. That is true. That is that's a fact, Jake. (laughs) It's perfect, Jake. I I can sympathize. I I understand what you're saying. I too love to run the ball to keep my defense. Running the the ball is playing the long game. By getting Clyde Edwards-Helaire, rushing him 20 times a game, they're playing the long game. They're keeping their their star healthy. They're keeping their defense off the field. They're allowing themselves to win more Super Bowls in the long run. Jake, I could, I understand. I what think you're they saying. should have taken Ross Blackhawk. That probably would have been a good pick for them. You could have pair him up next Ooh. to Chris Jones. He's a D tackle out of TCU. Uh, Yatur Gross Matos. He was still there. He's an yeah, edge. Yeah. He's he, an he edge. He was pretty good. Penn State yeah, guy. Yeah, I he was an him, edge. Yeah. Uh, Xavier McKinney was there. Uh, obviously, like the foot injury to him for the Giants didn't help, but I feel no. like that again. I mean, it probably wouldn't have happened if he had gone. Yeah, that again but... probably would have helped shore up the defense. Uh, they're pretty deep at safety. The Chiefs are. They still have Eric Berry. No, they, no, have, they cut him. They have the Honey Badger and they have Juan Thornhill. And, oh yeah, Thornhill and Sorensen. Sorensen yeah. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. as well. And Sorensen too. Yeah. Uh, but Solid. again, I, I think that their defense could use a little bit of shoring up. No, but offense, it doesn't Jake, really matter. I, I trust Andy Reid more than I trust Jacob Messinio. From Quadcast, I think Andy Reid knows what's best for the Chiefs, and if drafting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was his choice, then I, I'm sticking with that. I'm hey, saying it was a Pat good choice. Pat Mahomes is probably ecstatic to have another weapon, bro. He's the one who wanted Clyde. I, Give me Clyde. I, I I'm fine if they use him as a weapon, as like for Pat Mahomes, as in, oh, here's a screen pass. Oh, here's a nice little wheel route. Uh, I don't love the fact that they're giving him 25 carries. How many times would you like to see him run the ball? Like 15 times. 15 times? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure he will run the ball 15 times many games this season. Maybe. Again, I, I think that they're almost force-feeding him the ball at some points. Because they game. feel they okay. feel like they need to. All right. Because they feel like they need to justify their first-round pick. We're coming down to the end of the show here. That's all, folks. Any last takes? We have three minutes left. John, you had something about the Giants. 
Oh, don't I get, did have something. Don't the get Giants. me started about the Giants. Me and Ben Jake. have a have a nice ten dollar bet. I I'm saying that the Giants will lose by fourteen points or less, or win against the Steelers on Monday. I'm really liking the Giants' odds in this game. They have all their offensive weapons healthy. Their defense is retooled. However, I mean, I know they don't have a couple of their star defenders. McKinney got hurt, as we mentioned earlier. But I, I really like the Giants' odds. The Steelers, ben, Big Ben coming back off an in injury. He's going to be a little rusty. Didn't get a lot of practice time. No preseason games. Run game, meh. Their defense is solid. Giants their are their defense have, is the Giants top are gonna two have in the league. Some, yeah, the Giants are going to have problems scoring against them, but I, I trust Saquon, Danny Dimes, keep them alive. I think the Giants are a, a fringe playoff team this year. I think the Steelers are going to go out, and I made that bet because they're going to win by more than 14. And I think they're just going to cook that Giants <laughs> secondary, and I think that defense— The much-improved Giants I secondary. think that defense is probably going to get two picks. That's Probably going to shut down Daniel Jones. And the Giants are going to maybe score around 14 points. I, I don't know. I don't know about the two picks. Maybe, I think maybe Daniel one pick, Jones. one fumble. <laughs> Probably a fumble from what happened last year. Yeah. I, I feel like Danny Dimes is going to play a lot better than people give him credit for. But you know what? As he did last year. Yeah, we're coming down to the end him. of the show. Um, so uh, We're out of here. Yeah, we're out of here. John, play us out. See you next week. Tall and screw up right with the Indiana boys on an Indiana night.